Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. A desire to bring the truth to the forefront and a refusal to back down. The Roy Green Show continues. Out of response to Prime Minister Trudeau's uh, speech at uh, Yankee Stadium to the uh, NYU crowd, the commencement speech, and let me just read a couple of lines from J.J. McCullough's column, and we'll talk to J.J. in a second. This is how the column begins. As is common among sheltered men of extreme privilege, when Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau attempts to share relatable thoughts on modern life, His words tend to expose a speaker who has no actual familiarity with social trends, but has clearly been briefed to their existence. Listen. The leadership we need most today and in the years to come is leadership that brings people together. Whether it's race, gender, language, sexual orientation, or religious or ethnic origin, or our beliefs and values themselves, diversity doesn't have to be a weakness. It can be our greatest strength. Female genital mutilation is wrong, no matter how many generations have practiced it. Anthropogenic climate change is real, no matter how much some folks want to deny it. Uh, J.J. McCullough continues, The commencement speech he delivered Wednesday at New York University is a classic study of an obliviously cloistered poser trying desperately to feign compliance with current fashions. The belabored reference to Pokemon Go was the least of it. J.J. McCullough joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. That's taken from your column, the first lines of your column in the Washington Post. J.J., thank you very much for the time. I listened, and and honestly, the first thought I had was, I wonder who wrote that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was that was my uh, that was my thinking as well, because it is it is very clearly not what Justin Trudeau actually thinks. I mean, you can argue, and you mean I believe that a lot of those sentiments are broadly true. Like it is broadly true that we should be tolerant of diverse. uh, opinions and that we should be open-minded and that we should engage with people who think differently than we do and that you know different opinions are not are not invalid now that being said that is just 100 percent not justin trudeau's actual lived worldview and i think it's manifest as i say in the piece by a whole host of sort of policy and political decisions that he's made in the only capacity in which his opinions really matter which is his capacity as prime minister, as, as head of our government. Well, you write and you point specifically to his, uh, uh, shall we say, non-realization of his own philosophy when it comes to the Conservative Party of Canada. Mm, yes, absolutely. So, I mean, when you read Justin Trudeau's 2014 memoir, which I do not uh, advise, incidentally, <laughs> 
you see a, a man, or at least his ghostwriters, who are really profoundly, deeply incurious about the Conservative Party. So the Conservative Party, in, in sort of Justin Trudeau's stated imagination, and it's not just in his memoirs, I mean, he said this recently at the, at the Liberal uh, Party gathering the other day, is just that the Conservative Party is basically animated by bad people who want bad things for the country. Like, there is no depth to it at all. Justin Trudeau continuously frames the Conservative Party as being animated simply by a desire to divide Canadians, to spread fear and hate across the land. Like, he is not interested in the idea that, oh, maybe these Conservatives think a little bit differently than me. Maybe they have a worldview, you know, that conceptualizes government slightly differently, that values independence and, you know, individual freedom to a greater extent than my philosophy does. No, he doesn't ever show any sign of being prepared to engage on that level. It's always just the Conservatives are trying to divide Canadians. The Conservatives are spreading fear and division. You know, the Conservatives are appealing to our darkest natures and this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's like there's no evidence whatsoever that Trudeau is taking his own advice. At uh, Yankee Stadium, he said, as you quote him, let yourself be vulnerable to another point of view. And one must not, quote, cocoon ourselves in an ideological, social or intellectual bubble. I, I can see him writing that. And, uh, and then he said, uh, uh, or engage only with people with whom we already agree. Well, well, well. <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, like, is there any evidence to suggest that, that Prime Minister Trudeau has conducted Sure there is. It's called the Summer Jobs Program. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, that is the very good example of, of the, the complete antithesis of the thoughts that he was articulating at NYU carried out in practice. So, I mean, the entire premise of the summer jobs sort of uh, scandal is that Justin Trudeau has been quite explicitly trying to deny funding to people who have a different perspective on abortion than he does for the explicit reason of trying to limit their advocacy to change minds and to agitate for a different opinion than his own. Justin Trudeau has repeatedly declared that the abortion debate debate in Canada is closed, that his side has won, and that anyone that deviates from his position on abortion is a sort of wicked or bad or naughty person who should just be censored and suppressed and certainly denied any public funding to assist in, in sort of changing minds. That is a completely opposite opinion to the one that he was expressing to those students. You did a great job of explaining this whole issue about the summer jobs program in your column. You also point out quite accurately that he doesn't even want anyone running for the Liberal Party uh, as a member of Parliament if they do not side with him on the abortion issue. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Prime Minister Trudeau's attitude on the abortion issue, I mean, and I don't use this, this, this term sort of uh, lightly, but it is essentially a sort of totalitarian position. He believes that there is absolutely only one position, and that if you dissent from that position, which is, you know, a completely unregulated abortion status quo, you know, termination of the fetus at any stage of development, then, you know, your opinion is, doesn't matter and that you should be suppressed, you should be silenced, you should certainly not have any sort of role in Canadian public life. You see this all the time, frankly, actually, even in the House of Commons and whatnot, where, you know, a conservative politician expresses any slightly deviant, uh, dissident uh, opinion on abortion in a pro-life direction. And, you know, the liberals will get days and days out of, you know, denouncing this person, suggesting that this person is, is somehow some sort of thought criminal for daring to deviate from the, from the liberal enforced status quo. So it's like, when has Prime Minister Trudeau ever shown any degree of intellectual curiosity about abortion, one of the great moral intellectual debates of our time. He has shown absolutely zero. Doesn't it surprise you, in a way, that given his personal history, given his public history that we all know, 
that he actually has the gall to get up in Yankee Stadium and give a commencement speech to NYU, which contradicts, philosophically, contradicts everything he does himself. Yeah, and I mean, that's why I think that you made a good, a good point that, you know, this speech was, I believe, quite clearly not written by him. But as I said as well, that, you know, as I said in my opening lines that you, that you quoted, is that Justin Trudeau often casts this image of being a very sort of sheltered man who is sort of trying to grasp in the dark for relevance in terms of sort of the large intellectual social trends of our time. And it is the case that there do exist some liberals, some people on the left, who are trying to grapple with the idea of, you know, how do we stand up for free speech and free expression and, and rights of, uh, you know, debate and democracy and this kind of thing, while also staying true to our principles. Like, you can read intelligent, thoughtful liberals attempt to grapple with that important question. Justin Trudeau is just not a man, though, who embodies that thinking mm. in his functioning as head of our government. So it's, it's kind of like he's, he and the NYU students ate it up because, you know, they obviously didn't have a lot of context for judging Trudeau in the context of his actions. And as I said before, like when you read those thoughts out of any sort of context, they are agreeable. But, you know, as I said again, like it's just it's not Justin Trudeau's animating philosophy. What's the response been from Americans to your column in The Washington Post? Oh, it's been very, very positive. I mean, I think that, frankly, a lot of Americans are kind of getting sick of this one sided image of Justin Trudeau that I think is often presented to them through liberal journalists. I think that there's a lot of American appetite to hear Canadians articulate a coherent criticism of Trudeau, who they kind of instinctively know cannot possibly be this sort of walks on water guy that you read about in some of the uh, in some of the American uh, publications and from some sort of American center left commentators. Yeah. Uh, Intellectual development extends from A to B. Uh, is my assessment of, uh, of Mr. Trudeau. Probably I'm going to <laughs> take, some, take some heat on that. But I, always, I just can't help remembering him saying, I don't pay attention to the news because if something important happens, somebody will tell me about it. <laughs> no, it's, that it's, speaks it's volumes. Funny. Well, it, it does. And I mean, like, you know, let's, I mean, I think that the one thing that often sort of strikes me as, as frustrating, and I'm sure your, your viewers can hear the frustration in my voice, but it's like Justin Trudeau has had such a very slick marketing campaign. He has been repackaged as something that he just is not, which is a thoughtful, deep sort of thinker. Like, he is not a man who has a very coherent philosophy at all. He's a man who has, I think, has a very narrow, rigid, partisan philosophy, which is I'm right and everyone who thinks differently than me is wrong and is probably sort of darkly motivated and is, is suspect. So the idea that Justin Trudeau can stand in front of this, this crowd of, of, you know, young men and women who, frankly, I'm sure are much smarter and more educated than he is, and present himself to the world as some sort of, like, deep thinker, a man who has, like, wrestled deeply with, like, these important philosophical questions about 21st century intellectual life, like, it just, it bothers me to no end. It's, it's, it's actually just as disingenuous as we may recall from that little photo op he did uh, a few years back and at the... Uh, at the uh, physics lab, do you remember that? Right. Sort of yeah. seen as sort of like extemporaneously sort of, you know, spouting off on quantum physics and everybody applauds and he gets so much good PR for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's this deliberate effort to pr- package him as this like deep mind of our time, which is just preposterous. Well, now I'm thinking about Peter Sellers and being there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good analogy. <laughs> JJ, great speaking with you. Thank you so much for the time. What's the website? Uh, it's just on the Washington Post. If you just Google Washington Post, Justin Trudeau, NYU, I'm sure my piece will pop up. All right. And you do have a website, right? 
I do, yeah, jjmcculloch.com, although it's not a great resource at the moment, but yeah. Okay. Well, great talking to you. Thanks for the time. Thank you, sir. All the best. J.J. McCullough and his column in the Washington Post about Justin Trudeau, appallingly dishonest speech to NYU. So I have to ask this question because we're we're kind of, um, I was going to say we're kind of rough, kind of hard on Trudeau, but we're not. We just we just comment on the oddities that seem to follow this man wherever he goes. The strangeness of what he says, the bewildering statements that he makes. But I must ask, I must ask, at 1-800-263-2428, one 263 Do you want to see Justin Trudeau re-elected as Prime Minister of Canada? Now, if you're a liberal, you're a supporter of Mr. Trudeau, here's your opportunity at 1-800-263-2428. Do you want to see Justin Trudeau re-elected as Prime Minister? What do we who criticize him not quite understand? What are we missing about the man who gave $10.5 million to Omar Khadr? who says ISIS killers coming back to Canada could do extraordinary things for this country. What are we missing about this man who went to India and embarrassed Canada and wound up with a convicted terrorist as part of his group? What do we not understand about him? If you're a supporter of Justin Trudeau and you believe he should be re-elected, then this is your chance to tell us what it is we're missing. 800-263-2428. And if you believe that something else about Justin Trudeau, that he does not deserve to be reelected as Prime Minister of Canada, why not? 800-263-2428. He gave a speech at NYU, and the things that he said, things that he told the students to do, have nothing in the world to do with what he does himself. As J.J. McCullough so eloquently pointed out, 800-263-2428. Defend them or send them packing. It's your call. We'll come back and hear what you have to say. Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. This is the Roy Green Show. We were on a track to having to spend 30 to 40 million dollars in the coming years uh, fighting and settling uh, a case that we were destined to lose. I think one of the things we've seen uh, across the country is that the incentives uh, that come from better better choices, uh, making choices to be cleaner and greener, uh, is exactly what we want. All right, let's get to your calls on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network at 800-263-2428. Justin Trudeau, does he deserve to stay in office? If you say yes, I'm not going to fight with you unless you start it. Uh, (laughs) Or should he be removed from office next year? That, of course, is my point of view. Paul is in Vancouver, and he takes the former position. Paul, thank you for the call, sir. Uh, thanks, Roy. I'll be brief. I did vote for the Prime Minister, but I'm going to say I am not uh, an ideologue or a partisan. I'm not a liberal or a conservative. Um, 
I think most Canadians would agree, and the, the election showed it last time, that they, they needed and wanted a change from Harper's policies. Uh, I don't want to bring the United States into this uh, whole conversation. It'll complicate it. I will say this much, though, Roy. I think that one of the lessons we can learn from what's going on down south is that there are certain principles uh, in Canadian society, the rule of law, what our Constitution uh, and, and our so-called Canadian values are built on, that guide me as to who I want to support. Um, I voted for Trudeau because I perceived that there'd be a change towards more normalized and traditional Canadian values. I was concerned about the, the direction Harper was going in. Now that Trudeau's been in for a couple of years, I'll be the first to say that I disagree with a lot that he's done. I, I, I am not in favor of molly coddling particular groups for the sake of molly coddling. So uh, I will say that. Um, so when, to answer the question, though, um, my caution would be to simply jump off of a train uh, because a person has done some things wrong. I want to see the alternative. So whether it's the Tories or the NDP or whomever else, until and unless I see a laid-out, principled platform that uh, seems realistic, that's one that the leader is prepared to follow, I'm not prepared to jump off the train. I think Justin has a lot of growing up to do. I think he needs to learn from some of what he's done, but I'm not prepared to just jump off yet because the direction that Mr. Harper was leading this country in, in my mind, was much, much more serious and spoke to a more serious concern for me as a Canadian. So you're going, you're going to be, need to be sold by whether it's uh, Andrew Shearer or whether it's Mr. Singh. Uh, they're going to have to, or anyone else, they're going to have to sell you that they are a better option than Justin Trudeau. Absolutely, because again, to use, and I know it's an absurd example, but to look at the, uh, the, the example down south, simply saying that I'm going to be the populist candidate or the common sense candidate or the candidate of the people, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's potluck. I have and to ask you, Paul, I, I have to ask you this question. Based on what he's done, the things that he said, the actions that he's taken, the positions that he's taken, Mr. Trudeau being the one I'm talking about, yeah. doesn't it alarm you sufficiently that you'd say I don't want another four years or six years of this absolutely and that's why I'm saying he's got a year or two or whatever it is left in his mandate yeah uh, I I want to see first of all an acknowledgement a sincere acknowledgement of some of the mistakes that he's made these are rookie and Roy you've been uh, around you know yeah there's rookie there's stupid rookie political mistakes Paul, Paul, I'm, I'm sorry. I've got. I'm not looking at the clock. I've got ten seconds left. Do you want to hang yep. on? Yep. Okay. Hold on. Uh, it'll be a couple of minutes. We'll come back. We'll take more calls. Justin Trudeau. Should he go, or are you inclined to say, as Paul is, I might vote for him and have him stay, depending on what the option is. We'll hear what you say when we come back. He's always up for a good debate. This is the Roy Green Show. We're back, and uh, let me just read you a couple of emails that I've received that have to do with the question about whether you want Trudeau back or not, and they're just pouring in from Rick. This guy's such a fraud. He clearly has no limits to what he'll say to monger his peeps. Contrary to his professions, he continues to bash religious freedom and free speech. 
Uh, I'm just reading them as I'm getting them from Cody, which can be dangerous. Cody, hey, Roy, I'm horrified at the thought of Trudeau being reelected with the track record he has. I can't believe that he will be, although I don't think the younger generations are paying attention to what he's doing and will be reelecting him. He needs to go back teaching drama and let the adults do his current job. This is just call uh, emails as they're coming in. Uh, from uh, Sherry, uh, re-elect Trudeau. I didn't want him last time. Why would I want him re-elected this time? The answer to your question is no. All right. Uh, back to Paul in Vancouver, who's been holding on. Um, so, Paul, I I get that you want I get that you want to be sold by somebody else that they're going to be an improvement over Justin Trudeau. But you also say that you don't want to continue with what he's done. So you're the one in the quandary more than I am, I think. And I'm saying I wouldn't, I wouldn't vote for Justin Trudeau if he was the only one running. Yeah, and that's, you know, and that's fair, Roy. But I guess at the end of the day, that comes down to things like, um, you know, voter apathy, right? And we've seen percentages over the last few decades decline. And at the end of the day, I think we have to ask ourselves as Canadians, do we, do we want to just stay home and we say, oh, they're all a bunch of crooks, or do we want to, you know, do what's best? I'll say this much. Uh, one thing that the Prime Minister could uh, educate himself on is the notion of ethical leadership. Um, and what I'm speaking of is good leaders recognize that sometimes it's not a question of being liked, it's a question of being respected. And I think if I had That's to criticize line. him... Yeah, and well, if I had to criticize him for anything, and he could learn, frankly, from his father, from Chrétien, and I would go so far as to say even, you know, Mulroney and Harper, right? Uh, people may not have liked them, but one thing that you have to acknowledge is that more often than not, they did what they said they were going to do. You know what, Paul? And, That's a leader. That's yeah. a leader. The leader yeah. is the person who says, here's who I am, here's what I'm going to do, and you decide if you want to lead me, want to follow me or not, or want to stand beside me or not. My friend, I have to run. I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Paul from Vancouver on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Fair comment to say that you want to, you want to know that the people who would replace him are going to do a good job. And that's why I called out Andrew Shear a few weeks ago. And I said... He needs to get out more. He needs to be out more. He needs to be seen by people, understood by people in this country. And I challenged him for not being out enough. And understand why he was in Quebec pandering to Quebecers when the pipeline issue needed his attention. I don't imagine my doing that show had anything to do with the fact that he's more visible now. Andrew Scheer needs to understand the people have to see him do more than smile, even if it's sardonic. Gina is in London, Ontario. How are you, Gina? Hello. Um, Justin Trudeau, he has to go. Um, I have no confidence in him. He's a terrible leader. He's a failure as a leader. He's ruining our country. He, um, I believe that he knows what he's doing and that he, he, he knows he can do it because he has the power to do it with a majority government. And he's turning our country into basically a third-world country with our health care. What is he doing for the economy? It just goes on and on, and it, he's an embarrassment as well. There is a long list. Thank you very much for the call. There is a long list of criticisms that Mr. Trudeau has to wear. 
and great concerns about him. And many of the concerns that I have have to do with his rather unusual attitude toward terrorists. Bill C-6 won't remove the Canadian citizenship from a convicted terrorist who's a dual citizen. Reverse the legislation, reverse Bill C-24. Criticize a self-confessed ISIS assassin, say that he belongs in prison, and Trudeau accuses you in Parliament of being divisive. It's very unusual. And then he said 30, 20, or 30, or 40 million dollars would have been what Cotter would have been paid had the court case continued. How do you know that? You have no idea what you're talking about. You're exposing your ignorance when you say that, Mr. Trudeau. You have no idea. The thing is, what you don't understand is that we have the answers to many of your questions that you don't have the answers to. We don't need somebody to provide them to us or write a speech for us. Michael in Toronto, how are you, Michael? Okay, hi, Roy, pretty good. What I was going to say, my concerns are about governance, though, and not really taking sort of national issues seriously. Um, I think about NAFTA 2.0, where I have no idea where the negotiations are. I think they're failing. Um, I think about, you know, the fact that he went to India and didn't get a trade deal, didn't really do anything to help the country. I think about Trans Mountain Pipeline, really serious issues that he's really not addressing at all. And I think the other thing, too, though, is that, you know, he's going on the, this speaking tour to NYU, all of his town halls, all of the gaps that he's making, like people kind, how he insulted Canadian uh, veterans, having Joshua Boyle come. It, everything is a disaster. He just needs to go. You mentioned India. Yes. I spoke with uh, Shivan Vij, um, very well-known and highly respected Indian columnist. And I asked Mr. Vidge, if Justin Trudeau had negatively impacted on the relationship between India and Canada during his visit. Here's what he said. Oh, absolutely, because until now, the uh, India and Canada diplomats were, uh, you know, quietly exchanging notes about the Indian concern on Palestine, and the Canadian side was saying, hey, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. And the Indian side was saying, it's not freedom of speech, it's the Canadian government is giving them a free pass. But that dispute now has come out in the open. Now, people in India are saying the Canadian government is doing something that's against India. And I think that's really bad PR for the Canadian government in India. And it seems that Mr. Trudeau doesn't care. He cares more about his domestic vote bank. So that speaks volumes. There's a, there's a columnist who has no axe to grind. And he's simply calling it from the perspective of the Indian journalist who also told us the Indian government didn't want Mr. Trudeau there, and they recognized and realized he was there really primarily to appeal to the Indian vote in Canada. I think you're absolutely right about that. But even the other thing, too, is when he went to India, he brought his kids along. He went to the Taj Mahal. Um, you know, he was playing hockey. It was almost as if he was there on, on vacation and yeah, not really I doing agree. any real work. I agree. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate the call. Brian in Etobicoke, Ontario. People who don't know how to pronounce it would say Etobicoke. Uh, don't say that. I, no, I, heard, I heard that on a newscast not long ago. On a Canadian newscast. Well, there you go. It shows you how we get somebody like Trudeau. If we don't even know how to say Etobicoke, this is what we get is Trudeau. 
And I don't even know, am I pronouncing his name correctly? I'm not sure. <laughs> but anyway, like in terms of what I see, I don't see this gentleman doing anything of substance. He's doing nothing. He's not delivering the goods. And we hired him to deliver something, I would assume, other than just dumping uh, our previous prime minister, which, anyway, we won't get into that. But he, Trudeau needs to deliver something. And the pipeline would be a good thing because, in my opinion, if he doesn't deliver that, like, what on earth is he doing? He's, he's, uh, he's destroying something which is a major asset in this country, and, and we can't even sell the product that they're producing in Alberta at market price. No, he can't. No, he doesn't want to. It's inexcusable. He doesn't want to. Mr. Trudeau, regardless of what he says, and regardless of what Mr. Morneau says, and regardless of the rest of the Liberal caucus parrots, they have no interest in pipelines. None. Zero. And that includes Trans Mountain. And what will happen is that the Canadian taxpayer is going to be holding the bag for at least some of that 7.4 billion dollars. Well, we need to get this stuff to market at a fair price, and he's hindering that in a way that I find totally appalling. We had uh, Frank McKenna on this program a couple of weeks ago, the deputy chairman of TD Bank, former Canadian ambassador to the United States and the former premier of New Brunswick. And Mr. McKenna was speaking about, and I asked him about this, about a study that TD had conducted which showed that over a seven-year period, Canada selling our oil at that required discount to our only customer, the United States, cost this country $117 billion. Yeah, it's shocking. And I think the other shocking thing is what's happening in British Columbia. We see a coalition government of NDP and Green, and that's another huge problem for this country. We've got a coalition that is driving one province away from what their electorate wants. Like, <laughs> I have to wonder, and with due uh, respect to all our listeners in, in uh, British Columbia, and we have many listeners in B.C., and thank you for doing that. Thanks for listening to the program. Uh, I have to wonder whether it really is a coalition government or whether it's run by Andrew Weaver. Well, good point. I, I haven't gotten into the the weeds with exactly what's going on there but all i know is the results the results as in the case also with trudeau the results are appalling and it's how can you be the prime minister of canada and allow provinces to be at each other's throats if i were the prime minister of canada if you were the prime minister of canada if any one of us were the prime minister of canada we would be exerting some influence on what's going on in our country we wouldn't just be hopping on a challenger and flying around the world and getting all dressed up for he was very happy that he had his war his robes on for the commencement speech. You could see that that, that there's just the glow of being dressed up again. Um, but we wouldn't be flying around the world giving speeches. We would be at home solving our problems. Yeah, well, he's our international rock star. We didn't know that we were electing him for that purpose, but de facto, that's exactly what he is—an international rock star. He looks good, but he does nothing, and okay. I'm, I'm disgusted. Brian, I got to run. Etobico, there's no K in Etobico. Take care. You take care too. Take care. Take care. Etobico, C O K E. How does Etobico become Etobico? It's a show for another a topic for another show. I know you can't wait for that one, huh?